podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red. This is your lunchtime catch-up on everything to do with Liverpool Football Club. I'm Dave Hendrick and let's quickly get into what's going on in the world of Liverpool FC today. So obviously a lot of the coverage on a Monday covers the game from the weekend. Liverpool with a routine 2-0 victory over Burnley and Sean Dyche's team of professional wrestlers. Uh, there's obviously some criticism of Burnley's physical approach in the game. There's some defence of Burnley's approach in the game, some criticism of Jurgen Klopp, which is clearly coming from a place of incredible bias, the likes of Jermaine Genus, Tony Cascarino and others. Mike Dean had himself a stinker. He was shamefully poor in that game as the Reds ran out 2-0 winners. But not to focus on the negatives, let's focus on the positives of that game. Trent Alexander-Arnold was absolutely fantastic from right back. An assist, multiple chances created, plenty of key passes, loads of involvement in the build-up play, running the game from that right back position, which, which is what we got gotten used to Trent doing before he had his dip last season. Obviously, he came on strong towards the end of the season, and he started this season in very good form. Excellent against Norwich, excellent against Burnley, and long may that continue. On the other flank, Costa Simicus, filling in for Andy Robertson, has turned into really good performances as well. He got himself an assist in this game, a brilliant cross for Diogo Jota's opener, but he was a constant threat down the left-hand side. I think defensively, he was more solid than he had been against Norwich as well. He seemed to last the pace of the game a bit better. And these are all positive things. We now have two very good options at left-back. Andy Robertson, who may well be the best in the world in the position, and now Costas, who's showing that if Robbo's out or when Robbo needs a rest, we have a really good alternative and the standard of the side doesn't drop a whole bunch. That's been one of our issues. If one of the fullbacks was missing, the standard dropped off massively. Now, we still have that issue at right back. It's something you'd like to see the club address, bring in someone who could back up Trent, but it's probably not something that'll happen this summer. Costas has been frustrated, I would imagine, by the lack of playing time so far, but getting his chance right now and taking it. Jurgen Klopp will have a decision to make ahead of Chelsea. Andy Robertson's unlikely to be 100% fit. I know he made the bench for the weekend, but two goalkeepers made the bench, so you would imagine it was purely down to a lack of numbers. Even when Costas came off, it was Joe Gomez who went on in the back four, got a reshuffle, rather than bringing on Andy Robertson. So, Robbo's probably a little bit away still. Nasty ankle injury in that preseason game. So, there's no need to rush him back. Costas is playing well enough that if Klopp decides to give Robbo until after the international break, it's not going to be a major issue for us. Others who stood out in the game, Diogo Jota got himself a goal. His movement for that goal was excellent. A dinked run to one post, burst to the front post, threw the defender off, and a great header. He is becoming a lethal poacher for Liverpool, and his production is off the charts in terms of goal scoring. That's what we bought him for. There's parts of his game that need work, but that will come in time. He's still young. He's still developing. He's still learning to play in this team, because remember, he missed a big chunk of last season and didn't have a preseason with us last year either because he joined late in the window. With the full preseason under his belt, now he's two goals in two games. If he carries that on, he's going to be a big, big weapon for us this year. Harvey Elliott, fantastic performance by an 18-year-old making their Premier League debut in an unfamiliar position as a number eight. 
Now, as the game wore on, his position kind of changed and our shape changed a bit. We went from a midfield three to that midfield two with Harvey playing more as part of a front four with Salah, Jota and Mane and then Bobby, obviously, when he came on. I thought Harvey gave a really good account of himself, hungry to get the ball, hungry to make things happen, fearless, full of confidence. His involvement in the second goal, absolutely incredible. To control a ball in your chest like that while backpedaling, the ball received from such distance, really, really difficult skill. And then to have the awareness and the decision-making capability to play that quick pass into Trent, that's what opened up the defence and created the goal. And then the final person I'd highlight is Virgil. Now, Joel Matip was better than Virgil on the day, I would argue. But Virgil is coming back from a horrendous knee injury. He looked better against Burnley than he did against Norwich. And I think as he gets more and more games under his belt, we will see Virgil get back to the level he showed before he got hurt. He is unquestionably the best defender in the world. Even if he was to lose a little bit of pace, that's not going to change. He's not someone that relies massively on his pace. It's just a nice outclose if it's there. If he requires it, it's there. If we need it, it's there. If he doesn't have it to the level that he did before, it won't be a major issue. But I thought Virgil looked good. And as I say, a routine 2-0 win for the Reds. From players that played for Liverpool to players that are owned by Liverpool and are out on loan, we obviously have five loanees at the moment. Ben Davies played in a Sheffield United team making his uh, first appearance for them, playing as the left-side centre-back in a back three. By all accounts, he played quite well up until a late error, which cost the Blades the uh, the winning goal in the game. So a little bit of an, a disappointing outing for him. Leighton Clarkson made his Blackburn Rovers debut. He got an assist, setting up Ben Brereton for Blackburn's only goal in a 2-1 defeat. But... It does need to be pointed out he did not have a particularly good game. He struggled to get involved, completed only seven passes in the game, had the least touches in the game. So in time, he will improve in that team. That's quite a new role for him as well, especially at senior level. So time, games under Tony Mowbray, more training under Tony Mowbray will do him good. Mowbray did great things with Harvey last year. I don't expect the same results. They're not the same calibre of player. But it's a good loan for Leighton Clarkson to have. It's, it's his hometown club. He's from Blackburn, grew up a Blackburn fan. It should benefit him massively to get those games there. Um, our two goalkeepers who are out on loan, whose names I won't butcher, both suffered defeats. Uh, the one who's on loan at the Welsh club, they lost 5-3. The one who's on loan at St. Patrick's Athletic in Ireland, they lost 3-1. Sepp Vandenberg, though, he had a very good loan outing. Uh, he's obviously with Preston North End. Uh, he was there the second half of last season. He's there again this season. And he played very well as they kept a clean sheet and beat Peterborough 1-0. So positives for him, a positive for Clarkson in the assist. He'll know he needs to improve. Davies gets a fairly decent outing. The late error against Huddersfield, obviously, not something he'll want to repeat. But it's his first game, first real game since he was at Preston. He never got a real outing for us, got a run out in a, in a friendly. This is an opportunity for him now to show what he can do 
in a division that he's more than comfortable in. He was one of the better defenders in that league before we signed him. So you'll expect that he'll do quite well there. Uh, one red who is leaving the club is Jordan Shakiri. Liverpool have agreed a fee of about £9.5 million with Leon for Big Shaq. Ian Doyle, the first to report it, and allegedly the first bid from Leon was around £4 million. So while, yes, we're taking a loss on Shakiri, you have to factor in a couple of things. Number one, he's almost 30. We signed him when he was 26, turning 27. We sell him at 29, turning, turning 30. So his value will have dipped. That's just how it works. We also signed him when he was the best player and a nailed-on starter for Stoke. Now, I know they'd been relegated, but he was their best player and a nailed-on starter. He leaves us as a squad player, and he's only ever really been a squad player. In his first season, he got that run of games where he was in the starting team when Klopp went 4-2-3-1. But for the most part, he's been a squad player. 63 goals, sorry, 63 games, 8 goals. If he, if he scored 63 goals, he wouldn't be selling them. 63 games, 8 goals, some big ones. Everyone remembers his performance against Manchester United. Everyone remembers his performance against Everton. And I think probably his crowning moment for Liverpool was the second leg of the Barcelona semi-final. Asked to play because of injuries to Salah to Firmino, Shaq comes in and he sets up the goal for Ginny Wijnaldum with that incredible cross, turned in a really good performance on the night, played a big part in us winning the Champions League with that performance. So for that, we, we have to thank him. He didn't have a huge role in our league title win, but still seven appearances in the league that year. So he got himself his medal. All things considered, I think Shakiri has been a successful signing. He played his role in a Champions League win and a Premier League win, yes, we take a small loss on it. But like I say, there are circumstances that dictate that. All things considered, it's a good deal for us. It's a good deal for Leon. It's a great move for him. Best of luck to him. I really hope he does well there. We do have uh, some sad news that we just need to mention. And that is that Terry McDermott, Liverpool legendary midfielder from the 70s and 80s, has announced that he has been diagnosed with dementia. Terry is 69 years of age. He'll turn 70 just before Christmas. He played for Liverpool from 1974, having joined from Newcastle, until 1982 when he went back to Newcastle. Liverpool born and bred. He came through the Bury Academy, made his breakthrough there, joined Newcastle, spent a year there, then came to Liverpool. Eight great years at the club. Well over 350 senior appearances for the club. A key part in Bob Paisley's teams. Five league titles, two league cups, three European cups, a, Euro a UEFA Cup and a UEFA Super Cup. His midfield partnership with Graham Souness is maybe the best two-man pairing we've ever had. They were absolutely phenomenal together. And he was a great, great player. PFA Players Player of the Year. In 79-80. Football Writers Player of the Year the same year. European Cup top scorer in 80-81. An absolutely top class player. Would go on to coach with Newcastle. Celtic Huddersfield of Birmingham. Won 25 England caps. Not nearly enough for a player of his ability. But England were quite strong 
in midfield at that point. But a great, great player for us and going through a very, very tough time. A young man to be diagnosed with dementia. Saw recently that um, Bobby Charlton and Dennis Law have both been diagnosed, but they're quite a bit older than Terry. So I think it's important now that the Liverpool fan base rally around one of our great players and do whatever it is we can do to show him our support, whether it's fundraising, whether it's activism, whether it's bringing more awareness to the likes of dementia and Alzheimer's suffered by football players because of, you know, what they put themselves through on a daily basis to become the players they are. We need to support him. He gave us everything and it's time for us to repay it now. So hopefully, hopefully Terry doesn't have too tough a time with this over the next few years and um, and can have a, a high quality of life. That's That's the main thing. From bad news to good news, something very positive that we can take from the weekend. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and his partner Perry Edwards uh, announced the birth of their first child. Uh, no name as yet, but that's why Ox missed the game, obviously, at the weekend. So that's a positive. That's something we can all get behind as well. Um, for those looking for some content, there is an excellent article on the Anfield Index website from Stephen Smith, the prolific Stephen Smith. On Thiago Alcantara, must read stuff. Make sure you check that one out. In terms of podcasts, we have had quite a bit. Post match, we had Raw with myself, Trev Downey, and Carol Matchett. Nina had her call in show that's available on the free side. Rate Don't Hate came out this morning. Uh, I believe Guy Drinkle is on that one with Tadiwa and a new contributor whose name escapes me. Guy, what is the name of our new contributor? Hannah Pinnock. Hannah Pinnock. So do check that one out. Um, and also there is a new AI scouted out, myself and Carl Matchett. We went through some listeners' questions off Discord. And we went through the 20 Premier League clubs and picked one player that we think needs to move between now and the end of the window, either because they've outgrown the club or in most cases because the club have outgrown them or they've stagnated and it's time for them to move on. So... Lots of good content there in terms of podcasts. And as I say, do give that um, Stephen Smith article titled Thiago, It's a Kind of Magic. Very, very well worthwhile your, worth your while reading it. That's it from us today. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.